Part of me always knew that I would be recording this episode one day. There's part of me that knew, because you can only signal so much about who you are and what you actually believe before we have to take you at face value. But today, we now have proof from her own mouth that J.K. Rowling is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. That she at least supports people overtly who spread anti-trans and transphobic propaganda that hurts people's lives. So let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, my name is Charlie, and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and if I sound a little out of it, if I sound a little, you know, kind of lost, it's just I find today to be kind of a sad one, and I wanted it to be happy, and I knew deep down in my heart that, you know, there are reasons we can't have nice things. President was impeached, yay. J.K. Rowling at least supports a turf very openly and publicly, which kind of makes her one. Hmm. So let's talk about that. But before we do, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other in real life. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. I'd like to thank everyone who has already done that. So, today, today, of all days, now, it could have happened at any time, at any place. Today, J.K. Rowling did a tweet. And it's kind of the tweet heard around the world. It says, and I quote, Dress however you please. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep with any consenting adult who will have you. Live your best life in peace and security. But force women out of their jobs for dating that sex is real? Hashtag, I stand with Maya. Hashtag, this is not a drill. Now, I'm not going to get into a lot of this, because I kind of want to address the attitude more than the controversy controversy she's actually stepping in on. Suffice it to say, the person in question here, Maya Forstar, um, Forstater, was a researcher who lost her job 
and sued the people that fired her, saying that she was basically fired for being a turf, and recently lost her court case. And this is where this all comes down to the one sentence. Fire women for saying that sex is real. That <clears throat> that's that's the problem. That 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 is to me more problematic than the hashtags at the end. Because no one is denying that. No no one is denying that sex is a thing. And by sex here, we're talking about biological sex. I was born male. The argument and the thing in question here is the difference between sex and gender. And I don't know what my chromosomes look like. Nobody knows, unless you've had them tested, what your chromosomes look like. So they're, they're, and they're not even a valid way of determining sex anyway, because a small proportion of people who present male do have XX, and a small portion of people that present female do have XY, and then there's a whole myriad of in-betweens that could be in there, and I've talked about this on previous episodes, and I, I kind of don't want to go into it now. Gender is different from sex, and that's that to me is the real problem here. We're not talking about biological sex. We're talking about gender. Gender is performance. Gender is how you present yourself to the outside world. And gender is malleable. One, it's different from culture to culture to culture. What various cultures have called masculine and feminine, even right, just right now, not even when we look at the long history of the world differs a very good example of this just just to like get it out of the way is the concept of the high heel when you, most people today in our society look at a high heel they think women the high heel was invented for men it was originally a man's shoe the purpose of the heel was to grab onto a stirrup they were riding shoes. That's why they came into being. What happened was men realized that they made their legs look really good in portraits, and so they started having their pictures painted wearing high heels. And women, not wanting to lose out on the benefits of looking taller and sleeker, started wearing them as well. And as we stopped relying on horses as much, the high heel went away. It still exists in the cowboy boot. It's not as high as some high heels, but if you look at a cowboy boot, it has a high heel on it for the purpose of catching the stirrup. This is something that was originally coded and gendered exclusively male, and now is seen by most people to be exclusively female, with the exception of the cowboy boot which I guess has gone kind of unisex, I guess. You see men and women wearing them. So, <laughs> gender changes. Gender, the concept of gender changes over time. 
And it's all about presentation. In fact, m- most of the external components of gender are, gen- gender are malleable. We can change our voices. We can change our bodies. Breasts can be added and removed. Genitalia can be added and removed. All of these things are malleable. So the question is, is sex real? Because that's what she's basing this entire argument on. Well, it really depends on what you mean by that. Because sex is a very complicated issue to deal with. Because when anyone starts enforcing this idea of the gender binary, before you even get to trans people, we have to discuss the intersexed. Because there are more of them than we know. Most people don't find out that they are intersexed unless their intersexed characteristics cause some form of problem, which causes them to go to a doctor and then they have, then it's discovered. Most people who are intersexed will go their entire lives without knowing that they are men who have ovaries or women who have testes or any number of various intersexed traits. Gender is not a binary. Before you even get to trans people, before you even get to how people want to present themselves, biological sex itself is not a clear-cut binary. We have males, we have females, and we have a large spectrum of things in between. So we have to start there in reality, because that's where we never start with this. And that's, and honestly, one of those things that gets more and more frustrating as time goes on, because I know some people who are intersexed, and it is difficult for them to express themselves in a society that pretends they don't exist. It's hard for them to find a place for themselves. And that is just wrong. So before we even get into any of the trans issues here, I just want to speak out for those intersex siblings out there who are struggling to find a way. In some countries, they're actually arguing and getting a third gender option put on driver's licenses for them because they don't want to be forced to identify male or female since they are, in fact, neither or both, or something exciting and different in between. Now, the part of me that this hurts the most is not just the fan of J.K. Rowling, not just the proud Hufflepuff who's talking to you right now, who can't believe that someone who wrote seven books with such a close idea to how words don't matter and that people should not be judged by arbitrary characteristics would insist that people should be judged on arbitrary characteristics. And that's why I said this is a personal message to J.K. Rowling, who I know will probably never hear it. Joe, if I can call you Joe... You need to understand what your work means to people. 
not just the generations of kids who grew up reading your books and watching the movies based on them, but to every generation, people like me, who have read your books and fallen in love with them and loved the movies and who actually enjoys the Wizarding World movies that you're doing right now, the the Fantastic Beasts, not because they're great or brilliant, which I sincerely wish that they were, but because I see myself in Newt Scamander, that awkward Hufflepuff who really wants to help and be a part of things, but just doesn't quite know how to fit in, doesn't quite know how to do it just right. I see myself in these characters, and a lot of people do. And you've made your career, you've made your fortune on a series that has told us that it doesn't matter what other people think. In fact, your own tweet here, I'm sure you thought walked the line, because you're very clear about people being allowed to dress however they want to dress and call themselves whatever they want to call themselves. And I'm going to ignore the sleep with statement because I'm sure that that just, that sounds harsher than you intended it to. But it's not about us being able to call ourselves whatever we want. It's about the people not challenging us on that. You see, if somebody is non-binary, or if they are male to female, or female to male, or any of the other things that they could be, the biggest problem that we have in this society is that, for lack of better words, Joe, they're called mudbloods. They're traitors. They're evil. They're trying to steal the magic that only belongs to wizards. Where did you get your wand? You must have stolen it from someone. No, no, Joe, I got my wand at Ollivander's like everyone else. My wand chose me. You see, this isn't a lifestyle choice. This isn't about whether or not I'm going to wear black or red. This isn't about whether or not I'm going to be gothy when I go out, or if I want to look posh, or if I just want to dress down. Those are choices, Joe. What we're talking about here are inherent characteristics about who people really are. Trans women are real women. Trans men are real men. And non-binary people are real people. No matter what anybody else wants to say, And it really hurts when someone like you, who has written some of the best material ever written about not judging people based on your preconceived notions, endorses someone who judges people based on their preconceived notions. Someone who wants to exclude people. Will a male-to-female trans person know exactly what it feels like to have grown up as a woman? Well, that's a really interesting question now, isn't it, Joe? Because I would dare to say that you will never know what it was like to grow up being me. Just like I will never know what it was like to grow up being you. Did you go to sleep at night 
feeling that your body was betraying you during puberty? Did you cry yourself tonight, crying out to the heavens that you would wake up in a different body than the one that was morphing around you and becoming something unrecognizable and unwanted? As changes were happening to your features and to your voice, as these horrid hairs were growing on your face that you didn't understand why they were there, as people mocked you and attacked you because you wanted to be doing your nails and putting on makeup, wearing a skirt, playing with dolls, talking about the latest boy brand with your girlfriends. No, you didn't grow up like that, Joe. And there's nothing wrong with that. You do you. Live your best life. But that's my point. We all have suffering. We all have our own stories that we could come from and talk about the pain that we had growing up and the pain that we've had in life. I've been fired for who I am. I've lost work because of who I am. I've lost friends because of who I am. For a long period of my life, I lost touch with family members because of who I am. And while time has healed many of those wounds, Joe, do you know what any of that is like? You don't. And you don't have to. Though you easily could because you've shown with your fiction that you can empathize with others. That you can see life from someone else's point of view. And that's why it hurts so much when you don't see ours. When you don't see how this simple line, this simple phrase, has hurt so many people. Because it puts a lie out there. And you are a powerful voice. You, your voice carries so much weight. And here you are telling millions of people that only biological women are real women. Whether you, whether you actually believe that or not, whether or not you personally believe that, or would go after somebody for being trans. That's not the point here, Joe. Supporting those who do that is the same thing. Don't you remember? You, you wrote a book about this. Supporting Voldemort might not make you Voldemort. But it does make you a Death Eater. And that's just as bad. And that's something that has to change. And that's something that has to be fixed if we're going to go forward. We can't allow ourselves to be torn apart by petty words and phrases, by archaic ideologies of blood purity. Because that's what this is, Joe. How much woman needs to be there for her to be a real woman. The person that you're defending says that, oh, real women, to be a real woman, you have to menstruate. Not all biological women menstruate. And what does that say about women who have to have a hysterectomy or have gone through menopause? Are they no longer real women? I'm sure they're grandfathered in because at one point in their life, maybe they menstruated, but there are some women who will never do that. It's a hurtful, harmful line to draw on the sand, even for so-called biological women. Be careful, Joe. And please... 
if you ever hear my voice or many of the others that are speaking out today, listen to what we're saying. Listen to the hurt that's in our hearts. Because I don't think you meant to hurt anyone. The actual tone that you wrote, your tweet in, was open and reflected the Joe that I wanted to see. It just kind of fell apart at the end. If that last little bit wasn't there, none of this would be happening right now. Now, I'm not one who supports book burnings, and I'm going to keep my Harry Potter books. I'm still going to identify as a Hufflepuff, because I really am. I was kind of upset when I originally got sorted into Hufflepuff, but the more I thought about it, yeah, it makes sense. And I'm still going to read the Harry Potter books when I want to. And I'm still going to keep all of my things. Because my love of Harry Potter has nothing to do with you, Joe. But I wish that you would come around and leave your Death Eater friends behind. Severus Snape could do it. Hopefully, one day, you can too. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you haven't already, please rate this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. So, if you have a dollar you can pass my way, it really would help out a lot. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link for both my Patreon and the listener support. That money helps me continue doing everything that I am currently doing. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's all right. But if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out a lot, too. I would really like to know what you think about the sound quality, because I am using new software that, thanks to you, I've been able to get. And I think it's sounding better. And I think it's going to continue sounding better as I learn how to use the new software. So do let me know what you think about that as well. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.